Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that you have afforded us yet another opportunity to assemble here at Tabernacle of Praise. Lord, we didn't take it for granted that we woke up this morning, but we thank you, Lord, for your grace. Lord, we invite your Holy Presence, Lord, to come into this place. Bless your worshipers today. Let us see you today, Lord. We give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. It's good to see you. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you. And I'm trying. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We just want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. Those that are visiting, visiting with us online, those that have made it to the house of the Lord this morning, we're just so happy. You could have gone anywhere else, but you chose to come to the top 
this morning on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Jonathan Fields and First Lady Melody Fields, who are on assignment today. We just want to extend a warm tabernacle of praise. Welcome to you this morning. We're just so happy and thankful that you came to the house of the Lord this morning. God is good. And all the time, God is good. I have no fault in him. Amen. Praise the Lord. At this time, we're just going to have our announcements. I'm going to ask our AY leader. Amen. Brother Thomas, give him a big hand clap. He's been doing a good job for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning. Uh, quick announcement. Next week, EAY Federation at um, Agape Church in Wilston. Okay, from 11 to 1, um, it's a big play they're going to have. So I think we all should show up. I mean, the youth, if anything, should go up, go up there and show support. Uh, if you got any warm clothing, uh, whether it's bed, blankets, gloves, coats, bring that as well. they got a uh, clothing drive going on over there as well. They're having lunch afterwards as well. Um, and then from 6 to 9 that night at Berean, 6 to 9, they're having um, 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 game night and stuff like that, okay? So uh, that's it, y'all. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to support our young people. Amen. Amen. Now this evening at 430, we're going to have our business meeting. Right. Amen. I know it's been a while. We've had pandemic and all these things, but we're going to have our business meeting. Now someone may ask the question, well, who was all invited uh, to the business meeting? Well, if you are a member of the Tabernacle of Praise, then you are the constituent of the church, amen. We want you to be here at 4.30 this evening because you have an integral part to play in the work of, of Tabernacle of Praise, amen. 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 You may not even be in, the, in an elected office, but this is your time that you can use your voice, amen. amen. Because we want the church to move forward, amen. We want to set the people free in 2023, amen. Right. We got to reach somebody. Amen. There's not going to be any starless crowns. Amen. So we want you to make yourself a committee of one and make sure you're here at 430 this evening. You know, we, it is our custom that we always have community service. And this time of year, we would have a program and we would give out gift baskets uh, to the community. But this year, we're not able to do that, but we still want to do our part. Amen. Amen. And so the Tabernacle of Praise is going to uh, bless some uh, needy families, amen. <clears throat> the Lord said, as you have done it unto the least of them, my brothers, as though you have done it unto me. And so uh, Tabernacle of Praise, um, we are looking for names. Okay, you can give those names to Sister Beverly. You can call her Sister Beverly Stewart or Sister Teresa Harris, amen. And... We're going to give those things away by the, what did I say? I'm sorry, Elaine Stewart. Elaine Stewart, that's Beverly's sister. Amen. And so uh, she needs those names. If you know some fa a family, amen. And so while they supplies last, we're going to bless some families. Amen. 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 Also, at... Uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting, power hour, we're going to be online. Pastor has a power pack service, Thanksgiving service. It's going to be online. Right. Amen. So we want you to tell a friend. Amen. Be an electronic evangelist and tell a friend to tune in on, on uh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. Amen. Right. 
And December 17th, we're having our, uh, the first time, it's a collaboration between the Sabbath School Department, Stewardship, and the choir. Amen? Amen. It's going to be a beautiful program. So right now, write that on your candle calendars and invite a friend to that as well. Then on the last day of the year, December 31st, we're going to end the year on a bang. Amen? Amen. We're going to have a big communion service. Amen? Oh, you are going to 2023 with a clean slate. Amen. And we're going to have a nice communion and agape service, agape feast. Amen. This is going to be a communion like none other. So you don't want to miss it. Amen. At this time, let us continue in our worship. Amen. I'll be remiss. We have anybody visiting with us for the first time? Oh, in along. Oh, that's our brother here. Amen, amen. Sister Minner's son, amen. All right, praise the Lord.
Father God, there's no greater time than the present to call upon your precious and holy name. Lord, knowing that you sit high, but yet reaches low. We are your children, Lord. And we're coming before your presence, Lord, because we love you. Because we can trust you. Because you are everlasting, Lord, we come seeking your presence. Asking, Lord, that you would come and dwell with us on this day, this your precious time. Asking, Lord, that everything that transpires here this morning, 
that Lord you would be the center the beginning and the end Lord that you would be the one that we testify to oh Father God we come right now some Lord have come this morning Lord in pain making their way to this place this edifice to call upon your precious name knowing Lord that you hold all power that there is nothing beside that you cannot do and so Lord we beg please Lord touch and abide with your children let your healing hand fall fresh upon them ease the pain remove the pain Lord lift them up let us be able to walk to run to jump and shout hallelujah for our Lord, our Lord has touched our bodies and has brought healing unto us. Lord, there are some who have come to you who are suffering, Lord, from the loss of loved ones. We lift up right now, Lord, in special prayer. Jamonte's family, Lord. The Racklin family, Lord. Asking, Father God, Lord, that in this time, this period, that though the loss is painful, that, Lord, your comforting voice will be with them. Your precious hands wrapped around them. Pulled into your bosom, Lord, that they may know that God is real. Oh, Father God, we ask that you will lift them up in a special way. Give them, Lord, the comfort that they need, Lord, to be able to move forward. Help them, Lord, to understand that this is not the end. I beg, Father God, Lord, that eyes will be open, ears will be receptive, Lord, and hearts will receive you. And that they will come in, Lord, as a result of such loss. Lord, others have come this morning, Lord, simply for financial blessings. Lord, all of us strive to do according to your will, Lord. And we beg and Lord, unto thee, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Father, there is nothing out of reach for you. And so whatever financial place we find ourselves in, Lord, we ask for your blessing. Lord, we're looking forward to a new year where in that year, we shall be able to give 1010. We trust you, Lord. You said try me. We trust yes, you, Lord. Yes. And so, Lord, we're looking forward to the moment that that blessing falls fresh. And we can testify to the world that our Father lives. Lord, we ask a special prayer, Lord, upon the tabernacle of praise family. Lord, as we look out, we know that there are those who not, have not come back into the edifice yet. And we're pressing forward the call, come home. But Lord, we need you to touch them. To speak to them. To draw them. Lord, we ask you that you would be with our speaker today, Elder Paul Harris. Lord, you know what he has done and how he has done it and how much sleep he has lost 
seeking, Lord, to bring this powerful word. And though, Lord, we don't want to see Paul, but we want to see Jesus. We want to hear Jesus. So, Lord, bless him. Grant unto him, Lord, your word. Inspire him. Speak through him. Lord, we ask, Father God, that you would continue, Lord, to be with our pastor. Working still yet, Lord, to serve. Even though he's not here, Lord, he's serving. Touch he and his wife, his family. Lord, there are those who are not here, but desire to be here, but for whatever reason could not make it. Oh, Father God, I bless, I ask, Lord, that your blessings will fall fresh upon them. Lord, we give a special blessing and asking for those who are online. Continue, Lord, to be with this word. Let it spread fast and quickly. So as we look forward, Lord, to that soon and very soon coming, we want to be amongst those, Lord, when the call goes forward and the trumpet sounds. Yes, yes. Oh, Father God, we ask, Lord, that you, Lord, would truly save us. Yes. We thank you, Lord, for hearing. We thank you, Lord, for being with us. And now, Lord, we ask that you will continue to move forward in this edifice as the word of God goes forward. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. God is really working the uh, miracles and doing all the great things that God does. So before we get started, I want to talk, um, do a little bit of house cleaning. First of all, I want to um, thank the um, choir and those who are in the choir in the Sabbath school department for teaming with stewardship to bring you guys one of the few Christmas programs in the St. Louis area this year. As I look at other churches, they're not having Christmas programs this year. So we got it going on. God is good all the time, you guys. We're coming back to that. I just want to share this with you. And so with that in mind, and with the uptick of COVID strains and the flu season, we are limiting how many people you can invite. So we're going to give you five invitations, and you're free to share those with five people. Now, if those people bring a plus one guest, we won't complain. We won't say you can't bring them. You know, so if they have children, we won't count that as one. That's just one person, and they can bring whom they want to bring. But we're just going, I've already did mine. Right. I've already invited mine, so now I'm going to work on these. Right. <laughs> So anyway, today we have something outstanding uh, for us. We have a testimony coming from Sister McCray. And uh, then, so will you come on up with us today? 
And this is going to be a good testimony for us. Okay. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Well, I'm sure like many others, it's been a tough year, but God has been with us. So my devotional book at the beginning of the year was Make Your Voice Heard in Heaven, How to Pray with Power by Barry Black. This is a gem, y'all. I've got stickers, I've got highlights, I've got underlines. This devotional really touched me. As I was reading this devotion, I got this strong sense that God was preparing me for something this year. And not in a good way, y'all, like a challenging way. And I'm like, okay, God, uh, okay, you're telling me something, but I'm not going to worry because I know that you are with me. Um, And so as many of you know, um, early in the year I had some some health scares, um, nothing I really told my kids about because I didn't want them to worry. Um, So I had uh, several procedures. One, the numbing medicine didn't work, so I felt every bit of it. Um, So I knew that one challenge was going to be my health, but God. I went through a lot, but the prognosis was good. Amen. Amen. But little did I know that the second challenge would be my finances, right? So um, in July or August, we had a new person, a new head of our department. And so she came in and and she was something. I'm gonna just say that, I'm in the house of God. She was something. And so she called a meeting with our department and she told us that there would be some restructuring. There was gonna be some changes in job responsibilities and duties. There was gonna be some new managers, etc. So of course everybody is like, well, how's it gonna affect me? Like what's going on? So everybody's kinda, you know, up in arms. And so literally, immediately following that meeting, everything I touched was wrong. Oh, why did you send out that email? You shouldn't have sent out that email. Why did you do this? Why isn't this done? Oh, I'm gonna take this project from you. Apparently you can't handle it. What? So I was feeling very personally attacked and I received the worst review ever in my professional history, ever. And I, you know, I was telling my husband about it and, and praying about it the whole time, but it got to the point where I literally was having stomach pains and like not wanting to log on. I couldn't sleep. So when you get to that point, I'm like, honey, I want to quit. <laughs> He didn't bat an eye. He was like, baby, I got you. All right, all right. I got you. (laughs) He said, do what you need to do. So I prayed about it, prayed about it, talked to my husband about it, and I just felt in my spirit that it was the right thing to do. And so I had a meeting with my boss, and of course there was a, of course a laundry list of stuff, and I was just so calm. She, 
over the video conference, I don't know what she was expecting from me, but I was just calm and cool. I had my drink of water, I was drinking, and I was just sitting there. And she was like, well, are you okay? I was like, uh-huh, I'm fine. <laughs> so when we got off that meeting, I submitted my letter of resignation, and I gave the specific reasons why I was quitting. And then, y'all, I had my receipts for all the things that they said that I wasn't doing or doing wrong. I had receipts. All right. All right. So I attached my receipts to that resignation letter. So long story short, um, on my last day, they had a virtual happy hour, if you will. And so our whole department was on, and you know, it would have been 22 years next week that I would have been at my job. And so the new boss that had took, taken over the department, um, they were like, so where are you going? I was like, I don't have anything lined up. And they were like, wow, really? And so when people saw the notices coming out, notice come out, of course people were emailing me and calling me, well, where are you going, where are you going? I don't have a job lined up. Some people thought I was absolutely insane. And some people were like, wow, you are my hero. <laughs> so anyway, at the virtual happy hour, my, uh, the new boss was like, wow, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I, I would be worried. And I said, let, let me say this in the most humble way I possibly can. <laughs> I said, let me say this in the most humble way I can. I said, but God has always shown me favor over my life. In so many words, I was telling them, you don't hold my future in your hand. God holds my future in his hands. So... After I stopped working, of course, since I know so many people, I still keep, you know, keep in touch with people. Um, and so they hired my replacement. Um, she started last week. So before, I, before my last day of work, I reached out to one of my connections about a job. So after being unemployed two weeks, three weeks, it was all cool at first, right? Woo, get to sleep in. <laughs> By the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh week. I'm like, oh man. Like, I trust you, God. I just don't know when you're going to move. So, I had had um, a couple of interviews with the one contact I reached out to. They were just so slow moving, slow moving. And I was like, I, I got to keep busy. So, I decided that um, I was going to study. Uh, I started studying for a certification. So long story short, my birthday was Sunday, November 6th. On Monday, November 7th, I got a call with a job offer. <laughs> Not only was it a job offer, it was a substantial increase in pay. <laughs> so I just close with this, which has been my go-to scripture for the year, which is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, and that is to prosper you and not harm you, but to give you hope and a future. So I just want to praise God and give him all the praise, the honor, and the glory. It's been 12 weeks, y'all, but I got a job. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, you know what to do. God is good all the time. He is just so worthy to be praised. I mean, if you guys are not excited about that, this woman was on a tightrope for 12 weeks. She didn't say, forget it. I'm going to go work at McDonald's. I'm going to get brought to Burger King. I just need some money. She trusted God. That's what he's asking all of us to do. Will Deacons come forward? I'm not going to forget today because I want everybody to get a chance to just praise God, not just with your voice, your hands, but with your sustenance, with all that God has blessed you. Give him your best offering. Don't come here short. Don't cut him short. You don't want nobody doing that to you. He's such a good God. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, how grateful we are. We so thank you so much that Sister McCray was able to get back on her feet. And Lord, you put her up higher. So we ask, Lord, that each of us would demonstrate that faith and trust in you as we return to you what you've given to us freely and fully and graciously. Lord, we just thank you so much. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Praise you always. Amen.
That's our testimony. That's our testimony today. If you don't have a refuge, that's all right, the devil. Devil, you might as well give up now because you ain't going to have the victory. If you don't have a refuge in times like these, your refuge is not your house. Your refuge is not your job. God is your refuge. God is your strength. Sister McCray, I thank you for that testimony. don't know by now you need to ask somebody you don't have any problems you just need more faith what a mighty God we serve Heavenly Father Lord this is your time these are your people Lord I'm just a nail holding up a portrait of you because you said if you be lifted up that you will draw all men unto you so Lord we pray right now that you will anoint this message Lord we pray that you will inspire in us through your word to have faith in you for truly you are our refuge and our strength in Jesus name amen title of our message today is Fireproof Faith. We live in times where our faith has to be fireproof. You know, this word today should bless anybody who's in a storm. You feel like the devil has been blasting you with both barrels and Satan has shot every fiery dart at you, and Satan has unleashed, unleashed every hellish attack on you. This message ought to be a blessing to you today. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 48:10, he says, Behold, that means look, pay attention. I have refined you, but not with silver, not with money. But I have refined you. I have chosen you out of the furnace of affliction. Lord, have mercy. In other words, God says with all Satan's attacks, he takes Satan's attacks and he uses them to develop your faith. So what the devil meant for evil, God turns that thing around for good. You know, there are some erroneous thinking. People are saying that because I am a child of God and I'm walking right in the center of his will, therefore I should be isolated from any attacks. I should be isolated from any storms that I have. And some people are discouraged because every time they turn around, Satan is attacking them on the left side and on the right side. But First Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, think it not strange when the fiery fire... Uh, trials come upon you as though something strange is happening unto you the bible says those that live godly shall suffer 
persecution because it's in times of attack. It's in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of Satan's attack that God is trying to pull out of you some faith. So he said, if you could just hold on, if you could just stand in the fire, if you could just stand in the valley, you will glorify my name. You see, God is saying he needs some glory. He's looking for some people today who can stand up for him. You see, that means if you can make it to, to that level, God is trying to bring you up, but you have to know for every level there's a new devil. But the good news is God does not expect you to be operating in the same power. When God takes you higher, he gives you more anointing. He gives you more of his spirit to attack the enemy because the Bible says it's not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. The Lord says, uh, uh, I am your refuge. He says, before you call, you see Michael Jackson says, just call my name and I'll be there. But Jesus says, before you call, I'm already there. I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. You can call him and he's just right there. You see that you can tell the content of a man, Martin Luther King said, not by through peace and serenity, but through turmoil and trouble. You see, because it's in the crisis that character is revealed. You can tell what's in a person. You know how they say make a person mad and they'll tell you how they really feel. You see, what type of house are you built on? Are you built on the sand or are you built upon the rock? You see, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. But he couldn't remember the dream. God had confounded his mind and he called the soothsayers, the astrologers, the magicians. And he said, I want you to tell me what I dreamt and then give me the interpretation. They said, King, there's no person on earth that can give you the, to tell you what you dreamt. Tell us what you dreamt and then we'll give the interpretation. He said, no, 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 no. I'm paying you to tell me what I thought, what I dreamt. He said, nobody can do that. The, God, the, the gods that can do that are not with man. So in other words, they said, we're just imposters. And he got so mad, he said, guess what? I'm going to kill all of you. And they came to get Daniel. And Daniel said, hold on, hold on a minute. Let me have a chance to pray to my God. And he got together with his, with his boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, when you get down on your knees, you got to pray to the Lord who has the answers. And sure enough, God gave Daniel the interpretation of the dream. And he went to, Dan he went to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, what you saw in the vision, you saw a great image. Nebuchadnezzar was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, and you saw a head of gold. Yeah, yeah. And you said a breast and arms of silver. Yeah, yeah. You saw the belly and thighs of, of brass. And you, you saw the, the, the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. He said, that boy, good. He said, then what did you see? He said, I saw a big stone hewn out of a mountain without hands. It came and broke the, 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 the image into pieces. He said, all right, Nebuchadnezzar, that was a beautiful a rendition. That's exactly what happened. He said, but what does it mean? Tell me, what is the interpretation of that? He said, well, these represents all the kingdoms, all the way down to the, to the end of the age. He said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you are that head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar was like, all right then. He said, but then there's going to be another kingdom that's going to come after you. That's silver. It's going to be Medo-Persia. Then there's going to be another kingdom, Greece. And then another kingdom, Rome. And then those kingdoms, it's going to be ten kingdoms. And then that big stone is going to break it into pieces. That represents God's kingdom. God is going to set up his kingdom and he's going to rule forever and ever. Who says amen? amen? You see, in Nebuchadnezzar, he was so impressed. 
he worshiped the true and living God. He said, truly, uh, uh, Daniel, you are worshiping the true and living God. And for a while, Nebuchadnezzar worshiped God and respected God for a time. But then after a while, he did not fear the Lord and his heart was not yet cleansed for he still had worldly ambition, self-exaltation, and was still full of pride. What does it say? Pride go up before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. You see, in time, he ceased to honor God and he resumed his idol worship. But this time, he resumed it with zeal. You see, when you go back to sin, that demon goes back and gets seven more demons worse than him. So it's always good to stay with the Lord. You see, uh, this is what led to Nebuchadnezzar's downfall. You see, he stopped making praise a priority. You see, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. You see, praise is the acknowledgement and the appreciation for what God has done for you. You see, true worship, we must let go of self-worship. You know how the world says, oh, we want to take a selfie. You know, we, we do want to get our selfie sticks and everything's about self. I want to look good. I want to buy this. And we are literally worshiping ourselves. But we must be willing to humble ourselves and surrender every part of ourselves to the will of God. You see, my praise and my worship is based on one fact, and that's that I'm breathing. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When you woke up this morning, you should have woke up praising the Lord. You see, but we have those situational worshipers. You know, they'll shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, as long as I got a good job. That's why I think Sister McCray, you all didn't even know she had lost her job. She was still praising Praising the Lord. You see, we'll lift up holy hands as long as there's no sickness. We'll shout hallelujah as long as the car is running good. As long as uh, uh, everything is going smooth, the marriage and everything is good, the kids are good. But just as soon as trouble hits, just as soon as the trial hits, then we, we press the mute button uh, uh, on the praise. We press the mute button on the shout. We press the pause button. But praise simply is the ability to see the goodness of God in every situation. You see, you may have been driving down the street and had a, car, had a blowout. But you should thank God that you didn't kill yourself. Amen. You thank God that you're still here to praise God another time. You know, you, you may not drive the car of your dreams. You may not have the Bentley, but thank God for the hoopty. You may not have all the money in the bank that you want, but thank God you got enough for the next 30 days. You may not have a mansion, but thank God you got a roof over your head. So in everything, you could need to find out how to praise the Lord because whatever is happening to you, it can always be worse. See, then we have the forgetful worshipers. You know, the reason that, that we can't worship is because we forgot where God has brought us from. That should be enough right there to praise the Lord. How many times have God gotten us into trouble? Gotten us out of trouble when we've been backed up and you didn't know which way you was going to go and God brought you out of that. Did God bring you out last time? 
that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's the same God. With every trial, God can bring us out, but we tend to, tend to forget what God has done. You see, Spirit of Prophecy says we have nothing to fear in the future except we forget how God has blessed us and led us in the past. So when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, your faith ought to increase. You know, it's, it's funny how we forget about all the blessings. We already have uh, testimony time. We have to sit there and scratch our heads and dig deep to try and come up with some kind of a blessing. You see, we need to keep a prayer journal. We need to keep a book of blessings on how God has blessed us. We can't remember that, but it's funny how we can remember everybody that's ever hurt us. We can remember every pain and every heartache. We can remember all that. We don't have any time. You know why we have perfect recall on that? It's because we always replay that back in our minds. We keep hitting the replay button, rewind it, and re rehearse it in our minds over and over again. But the Bible says, forgetting those things that are in the past. Forget about what they did. Now it's time to press towards the mark of the high calling. Jesus said, if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. We got too many cuckoo for cocoa puffs in the church still back there. We got to keep our minds on Jesus. Daniel 2.48, Daniel was promoted to chief governor over all of the, the, the region. And he also promoted Shackrack, Meshach, and Abednego. They had their provinces that they were over. But you know they had the haters. You know, they, they're foreigners. These Hebrews out here, and they're getting these promotions. John 15, 18 said, if the world hates you, Jesus said, if it's a consolation, just let you know that he hated me first. And the reason he hates you is because I took you out of the world. You see, the world accepts his own. But they hate you. See, God is saying we cannot just assimilate into this world. You see, but we live in a culture where we dress like the world, we eat like the world, we act just like the world, and we have become so desensitized to the worldliness that we don't even realize how far from God and how far from holiness and righteousness we have gotten. You see, 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. He said, but he that doeth the will of my Father will abide forever. Amen. He said, peace with God is conflict with the world. You see, if you want to have peace with God, you're going to be in conflict with the world. You can't be like the floaters. You know, float, float on. You can't just float with the current of this world. You see, but if you want to have, if you want to have a, a conflict with God, then you'll have peace with this world. The two are not going to mash. You see, too many of us want to have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You see, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one. Or hate the other. The Bible says choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You see the wise men of that realm. They took advantage of Nebuchadnezzar's ego. And they said king you know if I was you why don't you build a whole statue that resembles you. And then command make a law and tell them to worship it. 
He was like, yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar went even further. He said, I'm going to make the whole thing out of gold. Trying to say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to perpetuate my kingdom that it will last forever. But how many of you know, you cannot throw out the will of God. Man does not have the power to change prophecy. The Bible said in the last days, men would think to change times and laws. But you can't take, you can't change God's law. God said heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or one tittle will pass from my laws. The earth still here? Is heaven still here? Well, his law is still intact. Well, here it is. It said the day of the dedication finally came. And you can envision they're on the plain of Dura. And they have this big golden image. All the people have surrounded this, this great image and the sun is glittering on it. You can imagine gold and the sun glittering on it. It was amazing to see. And the word went out that when you hear the sound of the music, we want everybody to bow down. And those who don't bow down, you will immediately be thrown into the fiery furnace. There are no exceptions. The music started. Everybody bowed. Everybody was laying prostrate except three. And you know that was Meshach and Abednego. Now I know we think that they were sitting there arm in arm. Like you, 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 you knock about down, you not, no, we're going to stay up here. But it wasn't like that. Remember, they were, all, they were over different provinces of that land. So they had to stand on their own. They had to have the singular decision that they were going to stand up for God. You see, we have to be faithful enough in our own convictions. Your mama, your daddy's faith won't hold you. You got to be able to stand on your own. You see, it's in the crisis that reveals the character. You see, it's always nice to have a support group. You know, that's why we come to church. It's really a support group trying to encourage each other to hold on to the next Sabbath. It's a pep rally trying to encourage you to hold on. But right then, you have to be able to hold on for yourself. You have to have enough faith to stand on your own. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.13, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the wicked day. Yes, yes. See, now the word gets back to Nebuchadnezzar. They said, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know those, your boys there, the ones you, you hired, those Hebrews, they don't worship our gods. They're standing rot, ramrod straight up. Nebuchadnezzar said, bring them to me. He brought them in. They said, son, listen, we, I, I, I like you boys. You know, I, you, you've been doing a good job for me and everything. And uh, I need you just to bow down. Maybe you didn't understand me when I said it. But I, wanted, I, 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 I want you to know that if you bow down, I won't have to burn you up. Please bow down. I'm going to give you another chance. And I love their response. They said, uh, 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 King, uh, we did not misunderstand you. And we don't want you to misunderstand us. You see, because our decision is firm. You see, our decision was made before we got here. Okay? You can't wait till you get to the furnace. To decide what you're going to do. You can't wait till you get to the big trial to decide if you're going to bow down. You got to have that 
that, 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 that locked in faith before it ever happens. He said, understand, uh, uh, okay, our decision is not based on the outcome. It's based on the covenant. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, see, some of us will say, Lord, if you, if you get me out of this one, if you save me this time, then I'll have faith in you. Just get me out of this, out of this problem. But they went on to say, but if not, see, we know that we got a God that can deliver us. We know we have a God that can, that can deliver us out of, out of the, uh, 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 Nebuchadnezzar's hands. But if not, that's the type of faith we got to have. We got to learn to praise God even if he doesn't come through the way that, that we want him to come through. If not, I'm praising you, Lord, even if you don't give me the job. I'm praising you, Lord, even if you don't give me a spouse. I'm praising you, Lord, if you don't even give me the healing. I'm going to praise you, God. We got to grow to that point that we don't praise him just based on the outcome, trying to make a deal with God. You see, the golden statue symbolizes idolatry. Idolatry is the cardinal sin of the Bible. That's why the first commandment was, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make me any graven images. Thou shalt not bow down to them nor serve them. You see, idols are always meant for you to trust in them and not God. An idol, idolatry can be in anything, every part of our lives, idolatry. We had that, 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 that TV show, American Idol. People have all types of things that they idolize except the true and the living God. Nebuchadnezzar became so uh, uh, frantic and so upset. He was in a satanic rage when he saw their response. And he said, heat the furnace up seven times hotter. He wanted to incinerate them. He wanted to cremate them into ashes. He said, who is the God that can deliver you out of my hands? But he didn't know when he said heat it up seven times that he just gave them that deliverance. You see, because you remember seven is the number of deliverance. He told, he told the Israelites to march around Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day, he said march seven times. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, he said shout. And the walls came tumbling down. He told the, the, the leper, Naaman, who had leprosy, he said go dip in the Jordan seven times. He went down one time, two times, three times, no change. He went down fourth time and then again. And on the sixth time, nothing happened. But on the seventh time, he came up shouting, glory, hallelujah. He came up shouting, thank you, Jesus. You see, some of us can't be saved in the furnace because we don't, never, we don't have enough faith to get there. We see the furnace coming. The only thing I, our boss have to do is look at us ugly. And we say, okay, whatever you want me to do. You see, let me tell you, there is favor in the fire. There's some blessings that you can only receive in the fire. When you remain faithful. See, God not only want to make our, our faith fireproof, but he wants to make our favor foolproof. You see, what the devil means for evil, God can turn that thing back around for good. You see, the fire was so hot 
that it burned up the men that threw him in there. You see, after a while, Nebuchadnezzar, he looked. He said, come here, come here, come here. He said, didn't we throw them in their bound? He said, then why do I see them walking around loose? What if I told you the thing that you're trying to avoid is the very thing that God is trying to do to loose you? You see, what if I told you that God is trying to use the fire to bring liberation? God is so powerful that he could take the, 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 the heat out of the fire and then take that same fire and burn off the things in your character. Burn off the things that has you bound. God is trying to fit you for the kingdom. Now, they, were, they weren't just free. They weren't just free. You see, Nebuchadnezzar's observation was that uh, they were walking around but it's interesting how they did not allow uh, uh, the fire to impede uh, their mobility, impede their praise. You see, while they were in the fire, they weren't just walking around and dragging. But I believe they were walking with some authority. You know, they were walking with some authority while they were still in the fire. I know some people may say that doesn't even make sense. It seemed like they would have been better off waiting until they got out the fire to praise. You see, but they were still praising God. Look at that. Look at, look at this. The fire is on us, but we're not even getting burned. Come on now. But see, the real test and maturity of your faith is to praise God while you're still in the fire, while you're still in the storm. Some of you may be trying to figure out how is it that you can praise God when you're still going through your troubles. I know you just lost your house. I know you just lost your job. I know your car just got totaled. How are you still able to praise God? I know what the doctor said. I know the diagnosis. But you're still able to praise God. I can say to them, right now this joy that I have the world didn't give it and the world didn't take it away that's why I can still praise God in the fire because the joy is on the inside Nebuchadnezzar when he looked into the furnace he said now didn't we throw three in the furnace I see one two three four and that fourth one looks like the son of God. Now my question is, how in the world did this heathen king know what the son of God looked like? You see, it was because the, 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 the three Hebrew boys, it was because of their steadfast integrity. It was because of their faith in God. It was because they had the fruit of the spirit. They were reflecting the image of God. So when Nebuchadnezzar saw them, he saw Jesus. He knew and recognized who Jesus was. The question is today, when the world looks at us, who do they see? God is trying to bring us beyond the point of going to the fire. But he wants to bring us through the fire. You see, it's a, it's a far better thing to go through the fire with Jesus than to try to avoid the fire on our own. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when thou passest through the waters, he said, I'll be with you. Yeah. And he said, and, and the rivers will not overflow thee. And when thou walkest yeah. through the fire, he said, you shall not be burned. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. The three Hebrew boys, they made the decision to bow, not to bow down to the golden image. And they had to face the consequences of their decision. We always have to face the consequences and have enough faith to face the consequences of our convictions. You know, we're convicted not to do certain things, to eat certain ways, but there are consequences. But we have to trust in God. Too many of us have a fire-resistant faith. Now, I have a, 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 a fire safe, and it's rated up to two hours. You can put that safe in a fire, and hopefully the fire department will get there in two hours, even in North County. I think they should be able to make it. But if the fire lasts longer than that, your money and everything inside is going to be burned up. You see, fire-resistant faith is just a slow death. It delays it, but you're still going to burn. You see, if the heat lasts long enough, the fire will overcome and, out, and outlast the resistance. You see, many of us have a high threshold for pain. Many of us have a high threshold, have a, a strong willpower, and we just try to, to, to resist it. We're trying to hold it out, but if trouble lasts long enough, if I'm suffering long enough, in other words, uh, uh, my, my trouble is going to outlast my faith. You see, uh, 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 that type of fire-resistant faith is just temporary. It's just momentary. It will not last. But what God is trying to give us is fireproof faith. You see, fireproof faith is unstoppable. Fireproof faith is unbreakable. It's unshakable. It's unmovable. It's unrelenting. It's unremitting. Fireproof faith is eternal. Fireproof faith is enduring. We want to have fireproof faith, faith that will not Give up. It doesn't matter how hot it gets in the kitchen. We're going to stand in there because if the, the fire can't burn up our faith. It doesn't matter what the devil tries to threaten us with. You say, Lord, I'm going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. I shall not be moved. You see, it takes faith to let God fight your battles. It takes faith uh, uh, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It takes faith to believe that God can be there for you. Yeah. You see, it takes faith to know that he will not suffer you to be tempted above you, which you're able. Yeah. So God will not allow you to be tempted. He will look at your circumstances and he will not let you go into a situation that's more mature than your faith. But God says we'll... With every temptation, with every trial, with every situation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, when is gold more pure? Before the fire or after the fire? And trials are necessary for the believer. You see, if you look back at your life, you see that it was a miracle. You see, every your healing, every breakthrough that you had, you look back at your life and you say, if it wasn't for that situation, I never would have gained this close relationship with God. Whenever God blesses you, whenever God takes you to another level, it's not on the mountaintop of victory or dancing on the clouds. It's always in the valley. The valley is where God gets us to 
grow in him and trust in him in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our storm. God shows up and shows out. So when somebody says, now I got a testimony now. I don't have to say I know somebody who knew somebody. No, I can tell what happened for myself because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. I know God is a way maker. I know he made a way when there was no way. I know God is a heart fixer, a mind regulator. God is our refuge and our strength. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. God is your rock. Joseph, as you come up to play, I want us to think about the fact that if you listen to the news, they're saying we're getting ready to go into a recession. They're laying off thousands of people on their jobs. We have all these lunatics in politics. Folks, that's that image that Daniel said, we're down into the toenails of that image. He that shall come will come. And he's not going to tarry. God is saying, I'm looking to see if there's going to be faith in the earth. When I come back, you can't put your trust in anything else but Jesus. And God has left all of these examples in the Bible for our admonition. He said, oh, tabernacle of praise, why would you be consumed when I have offered such a beautiful plan of salvation? And so at this time, I don't know about you, but you look at your life and you say, Lord, I want to have fireproof faith. If that's you, I want you to stand with me. Because regular faith ain't going to make it, folks. You need, a, you need a faith that's fireproof. Because Satan is getting ready to put it on us. He's putting it on us, folks. And the cursory faith is not going to make it. We're going to have to spend some quality time on our knees with Jesus. The doors of the church are open. Every time these, we assemble here, we have to give you an opportunity to give your heart completely to God. I don't know where you are. You know where you are. But this is your time. God is inviting you right now. He said, if you want to, join me. The doors of the church are open. You want to go all the way with the Lord. You want to be in the next baptism. Just raise your hand. God, God will see it. You want to be in the next baptism. The Bible says tomorrow is not promised. You may leave out of here right now. It'll be your last step. But we want to be saved in God's eternal kingdom. Amen. God's making up his, his jewels. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I have decided to follow Jesus all the way. No turning back. No turning back. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that you showed up today, Lord. Lord, we're thankful for your word that you have preserved, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will anchor our faith, that we'll be like a, a, a tree planted by the rivers of water, that we'll be like a nail fastened in a sure place. So, Father, we pray, Lord, bless every blood-washed worshiper today. 
Keep us, Lord, by your keeping power. In the worthy, blessed name of Jesus, let the church say amen. 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 Were you blessed today? God is truly good. We just want to encourage you to come back out uh, this evening at 4. Some of you missed our announcement. 4.30 this afternoon, we're going to have our business meeting. Making plans and for 23. I said this morning, we want to set them free in 23. Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. And we have a, a hand to play in that. Amen. So we want to see you at 4.30 this evening. Now, Father, in benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. Let the people say, Amen.